Good morning, everyone. It's a great service today, huh? Our worship team does such a phenomenal job. They do. Don't you love those little video announcements? Our video team does such a great job. Give them a hand for all their hard work. couple of quick little announcements. Uh, Wednesday nights, I want to encourage you to come on out and be a part of our Wednesday night service. Now we're doing a little bit of a change on Wednesday nights. We are shortening it up about 15 minutes. So it's going to start quarter to seven. It'll be done by quarter to eight to give you an extra 15 minutes to get some of those little rugrats home so they're not so tired. Okay. Plus, I don't like preaching for 50 minutes. It's too long. I I start boring myself. So uh, so keep that in mind. Come on out. It's a great time of Bible study, an hour of just celebrating and having this great time for the kids. And also the 180. Now, 180 will keep doing their regular times. Deal with it. But uh, the rest of us are shortening it up a bit. <laughs> okay? And also, uh, our, our, our numbers came in on our uh, Imagine campaign. It did well. Thank you. We're going to be sharing in more detail. I'm calling a special family meeting. I believe this is probably the first one this church has ever had. But we're calling a family meeting for uh, the evening of uh, December 3rd. What are the times on that? Six? Six? Six o'clock. And uh, we're all going to get together. It should be not very long. Six to seven, hopefully, is all that will go. And I want to get a chance. If you consider Bayside your church home. You don't have to physically be an actual member and have Bayside stamped on your head. But uh, if, uh, if you consider this your church home, come on out. Get a chance to talk about all the different things that are actually going on in the church. And uh, so, anyway, keep that in mind. All right. This morning, I want to uh, do a, a lesson about being led by the Spirit of God, about knowing God's will and how to know God's will. Uh, We're looking at Psalms, the uh, 143rd Psalm, verse 10 is our scripture. It says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Teach me to do your will. The first thing you have to have in order for God to teach you is you have to have a teachable spirit. It's really hard to teach someone who doesn't want to learn or who is not interested in learning. So the first thing you have to have when you come to God is you have to have a teachable spirit. God, show me things. And, and my prayer, obviously, this morning is that you all have a teachable spirit uh, as we look into this to learn about how to know God's will. Now, when it comes to knowing God's will, a lot of people really struggle. They uh, get confused. They get sidetracked. They spin their wheels. They spend all kinds of... Time, some people years wasting time and going in the wrong direction because they don't understand how to know the will of God in their lives. And that's what I want to share with you today. Now, we're going to be looking at three specific areas, three things that I've always used in my life to help me determine whether or not something is the will of God. Okay, now the first one we're going to talk about is what I call the way or the path. Um, it's, it has to do with circumstances in your life. Proverbs 3, 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Hard to do when things get crazy. We want to try and figure it out ourselves. He says, don't do that. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path, your paths straight. Now, while circumstances are not the final word in a person's life, they can be a major voice in directing your path. If you will trust God, 
Trust God to make your path straight, to make your way clear. I have shared with you how throughout my life, God has often, usually, directed me the greatest by opening paths and circumstances in my life. And these haven't always been passive. I encourage people to be active in their prayer. Ask God. God, open this door. You know, make this happen. If, if God's giving you a dream in your heart, pray about it so those opportunities will come to pass. Then when those opportunities come to pass, you know, you can move into those opportunities. A lot of times people, they just live just kind of coasting. They're just... And then something comes along and they're not sure if it's God or not. And then they, they got to pray about it. And it's good to pray about it. But honestly, uh, if you're actively involved in prayer in your life, a lot of the circumstances that come along don't require a lot of prayer because they're answers to prayer. Does that make any sense? You know, several weeks ago, I had been praying that God would give us more opportunities in our marriage ministry with couples. And I, I was uh, praying in, 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 my, in our home and I was saying, Father, I pray that you would open up doors for us. That you'd open up a big door, an opportunity with focus on the family because they're so connected. And this would give us such a, a platform to reach so many people. Well, like a week and a half later, focus on the family calls us and says, would you like to come and speak with Dr. Dr. Dobson? Well, let me pray about it. Yes. I mean, I already knew. Okay? You already knew because it had been an answer to prayer. If, if you're never, if everything in your life is a surprise, something's probably not right. Does that make any sense? Right. If everything is, oh, I didn't know about that. Let me pray about that. Oh, I didn't know about that. Let me pray about that. Oh, I think, well, what do you do all day long? You know, is everything a surprise to you? Now, sometimes if something comes totally out of the blue, yes, you need to slow down. If you weren't expecting it, you need to pray and reflect, and you need to be careful. Sometimes circumstances and things will come along to try and get you off of God's path. Are you hearing me? That's why it's good to be proactive in the first place. But sometimes that can be God too, and it's good to reflect and pray on those things. But, I, you know, this passive Christianity, just waiting around until something happens to happen and you bump into stuff, is not the way we should be living. Take the dream, the visions God has put in your heart. Pray about these things and trust God to open doors. Um, I have shared with you how just being here over the last uh, month and a half and, and, and coming to Bayside, how I have shared that, man, one of the dreams that I have had for this church and, and one of the answers to prayer for this opportunity was the television ministry and an opportunity to take our ministry and not only share it here in Wisconsin, but all over the country. Well, just a week or two later, this guy from Phoenix, Arizona, a market of five million people, says, I didn't know you had a weekly TV program. Let me pay for that. So he pays for a whole year to get us into a huge market. A week later, this uh, television network calls, uh, who happens to be on DirecTV, and says, we heard you have a weekly television program. Can we put you on nationwide? And, and I'm going, yes, you can. And it's cool. And I just shared that last week. And then Wednesday, honestly, I'm not making this stuff up. Wednesday, a, a, a group called Enlace. They're the largest broadcasters of, of religious material in South America, to Latin American countries, Spanish countries, okay? TBN Enlace. They called Wednesday, says, do you, you have a weekly program? Well, yes, we do. Well, we'd like to put it on and broadcast it to 23 Spanish-speaking countries around the world. And I think that is so cool. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't know if that's God. Let's pray about it. Let's say, I mean, come on. 
on. Being proactive. And this is how God opens doors. And you see things like, wow, wow, wow. And this has always been such a strong thing in my life. I've shared the analogy. For me, it's usually been, you know, God shuts all the doors and windows in the house, opens one door, and then lights the house on fire. And then, <laughs> then I feel led, you know, to go, to go through the door. Circumstances are a big deal. You need to pay attention to this thing. Is God uh, uh, confirming what you believe to be his will by opening doors for you? Now, you can't, uh, not every circumstance is, is always God. Sometimes, you know, the enemy will come against you and, and things will try and hinder you. And you need to pray through those circumstances and have wisdom of, to know when. But by and large, God directs your path. If you believe God has called you to do something and the opportunities never come to you, you need to reevaluate where you're at. I was talking to a guy a few years ago here in Green Bay um, who said, uh, you know, I think he'd just been fired from his like fifth church. And uh, he said, brother, I've I've been looking and I'm looking, I've been looking and and I can't find another church, but would you pray with me? Because I know God's called me to the ministry. And I said, I don't think so. (laughs) He was shocked. What do you mean? Because no one ever challenges things, you know, just, oh, you know, it's God's will. Everybody just, okay, it's God's will. I said, I don't think it is. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, brother, every church you've been in has kicked you out on your behind. You can't find a church to save your life that will have you come. Maybe this isn't God for you. Maybe you need, do you hear what I'm saying? I've talked to other people, you know, guy will say, you know, I feel really called of God to minister to teenagers. Really? Well, do you, do you ever do that? No, I've never had the chance. Uh, well, do you spend any time with teenagers now? No. Has any group of teenagers ever asked you to come talk to them? No. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this isn't God for you. How long have you been doing this? Eight years. I think maybe you should move on. <laughs> Seriously, I know of people who wait years and years and years and years of their life chasing some ghost of a vision that they believe is God for whatever reason, but if God never opens a door or gives you an opportunity and every chance you get you get slammed in your face I think you need to move on little boy move on look for something else God clearly is not giving you these opportunities circumstances the path of God Lord make my path straight that's a big deal and we need to keep that uh, in our hearts and minds as we uh, look for the will of God so number one we've got the way our path circumstances number two and this is a biggie this is the spirit, divine revelation. And, and when I say divine revelation, I'm talking about visions people might have, dreams they may have, signs they believe they see, voices they think they hear, prophecies. And, and when we say prophecies, we're talking about uh, divine uh, inspired speaking. That's what the Bible talks about when it's talking about prophecies, not just predicting the future. Sometimes it may involve the future, but that, that's not what it's talking about. It's like, for example, when I'm speaking to you right now, uh, hopefully I am prophesying to you. I am speaking God's inspired word to you for this day. Sometimes people will come up to you and will speak a word into your life. Okay? They prophesy to you. They'll say, I, you know, I, I think I have a word for you from God. These are important things. Now, all of these things are wonderful, fun, cool, neat, groovy things that God does by the Spirit. But you've got to be careful. If there is one area in Christianity today where people have gotten goofier than a goofball, it is in this area of being led by the Spirit. And where they get goofy is they get arrogant. And they listen to no one. They think whatever little divine revelation came into their brain is the final word. You need to understand, it's not. 
They get this because they read the Old Testament. They see like God speaking to Moses and God speaking to Elijah and God speaking to Isaiah. I got news for you. You ain't Moses. Are you hearing me? Everybody say, I'm not Moses. You're not Moses. You got to get a clue here. We live in a new testament, a new covenant. Something new has come. You know what it is? It's called the church. We are living stones joined together. We should be hearing and bouncing ideas off of one another. Learning from each other. Even in the New Testament. We don't have time to read the whole story. But you remember when Peter first received the revelation that God wanted him to preach to the Gentiles? Okay. Because at that time that was hard for the Jews to relate to. In the beginning Christianity was an exclusively Jewish religion. Alright. They didn't even think people who weren't Jews could go to heaven. You know, we were just a little above critters and chickens and stuff like that. Alright? So, they, so Peter was against it and all of a sudden he has this revelation. You know, in high definition television, surround sound comes out. And he has this vision. Boom! And it goes away. And it comes back again. Three times he has this like hochi mama vision. Alright? And then the Spirit of God says, hey, there's some guys here. I want you to go talk to them. And as soon as he said that, these guys show up at the door. Circumstances, right? Wow, cool. Woo, woo, woo. Then he goes with these guys, and he wouldn't have normally gone because they're going to go around a bunch of Gentiles, and he didn't want to be around them. It was icky, creepy to be around those people. They didn't like people like us. In fact, when Peter gets there, the first thing he says is, I really shouldn't be here with you people. Read it. It's kind of a little insulting. How'd you like that if I came here? I'm good to be here this morning. I really shouldn't be around any of you types, but, uh, you know. So he wasn't trying to win anybody. He wasn't trying to oppress anybody. He didn't get done with his message and then say every head bowed, every eyes closed, and as the organ plays softly, would you consider? I mean, he didn't even want to give these guys a chance. The Bible says while he was still speaking, people started getting saved. The Holy Spirit comes. People start speaking in tongues. Boom, just God starts moving everywhere. Very rude, very rude in the middle of a preacher sermon for God to move. <laughs> now, three visions. Boom, boom. People show up at the door. Boom. Divine circumstances. Come in and talk to him. And, and even then, he had to go back to the church and they discussed, is this really God? See, that's something you don't see today. Because we are a bunch of little snot-nosed arrogant people. And we don't like people telling us what to do because we're Americans. And we don't like people telling us what to do. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Our whole country is based on the premise nobody's going to tell us what to do. It is. That's why we fought the War of Independence in the first place. Want some stupid king telling us what to do? Go shoot that king. <laughs> all right, and and I believe God bless this nation and all that kind of But still, I mean, you can't ignore the fact that we are a pretty rebellious bunch of people. One of the reasons we have elections every two years in America is just because we don't want anybody to tell us what to do. Doesn't it seem a little insane? They spend all this money. We go through the same insanity. Nothing really changes, but we go through all this craziness every two years. Just because you better, you know, every two years, buddy, you're not going to tell us what to do. We don't like you kicking you out on your butts. <laughs> well, that's fine if in politics and whatever, but that doesn't fly in the kingdom of God. You cannot walk around in the kingdom of God with an attitude, nobody can tell me what to do. And I'm telling you, when people say, you know, the Lord told me. See, that, that's the Christian way of saying to you, shut up. <laughs> that's what it is. 
You try and challenge somebody about something? Well, well brother, the, the Lord told me. I don't care what you think told you what. You need to listen. You need to be open. You need, man, if Peter can have three visions and people showing up and God moving and stuff, and they still had to decide whether or not it was God, I think maybe your little personal revelation can stand a little scrutiny. But we don't do that. Boy, the minute someone says they, God told them, oh, God told them, don't do that. Don't run from people when they tell you that. Some nitwit tells you some, something goofball and surrounds it with, I had a vision and a dream. I don't care what you had. For all I know, it was bad pizza. <laughs> Come on. A lot of people's visions and dreams are a result of their own fears and insecurities. It's like if all of a sudden, you know, we were planning to take a, a boat trip this summer with a, with a big church boat trip on, on the chain of lakes in Wapaka. You know, they have these boats you can rent and whatever. and It's kind of a cool little thing. And, and you're scared to death of water. And you're afraid of boats. And you're nervous as a cat. And then a week ahead of time, you tell me, Pastor, I had a dream. I had a vision, a revelation that the boat's going to sink. <laughs> well, maybe it's because you're afraid of the boat. Okay? Oh, God told me. You know, don't be so arrogant. You're not Moses. Got to keep reminding you, I'm not Moses. I'm not Moses. I'm not Moses. I'm just me. Part of a fellowship of believers where we should be keying off of one another, getting advice from one another, learning from each other to see, is God in this? Even in the face of divine revelation, you read the book of Acts, they would get together to see, I don't know, is this really God? Why? Because they understood the new covenant. It's about the church. There's no one person running around making all these decisions by himself. Acts, the 16th chapter. Paul and his companions travel throughout the region of Phrygia, whatever, how you say that? Sounds cold. And Galatia. (laughs) Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not let them. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. You see, if you're moving north and God says don't go north, and you try east and God says don't go east, and you just came from the south, I think we should go west. So they go west. Alright? So they're hanging. They're not really sure what's going on. During the night, it says in verse 9, During the night Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready for once uh, to leave. uh, (laughs) We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. Concluding. See, they concluded. They concluded that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. We need some concluding going in the body of Christ. Even with Paul, with his revelation, they got together and they had to conclude, okay, well, God said, don't go this way. God, we were already just this way. You had this dream. You know, let's, we concluded. God didn't, uh, Paul didn't just say, hey, I had a dream. It's God. God told us, just follow me. I'm going. See, that's arrogance. That's being independent. That's not being part of a fellowship of believers. They concluded. Colossians, the third chapter, says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The peace of Christ. The Bible says that we should let the Spirit of God play the umpire. Just like here. Remember? They were going this way and the Spirit of God said, no, no, no. They, they, you know, something was wrong. They didn't go. They tried this way. Oh, 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 something's wrong. Something's wrong. So you need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He'll play the umpire in your heart. And umpires only blow whistles when you're about to do something wrong, right? Or you did something wrong. He will protect you. You start going the wrong way. Blow the whistle. Stop! Right. Penalty! 
Alright? You need to be sensitive to that stuff. Just let me walk around ignoring your life. Okay? But, and people for years, decades I've heard, ever since I became a Christian, people will say, come up with some concept, no matter how bizarre it may be, some revelation, no matter how goofball it may be, and you start challenging them, they say, well, brother, I, I have a peace in my heart. You ever heard that? Well, I have a peace in my heart. Well, look what it says. It doesn't say, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. What does it say? It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your what? Hearts. How many you got? One. If you got more than one, I'd like to meet you afterwards. <laughs> it's not just lone rangers running around determined. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. It's talking about let the peace. It's not about just one person making all these decisions. Is this the choir? You guys freak me out like you're mad or something. Just... <laughs> Gotta come up with some cue here. Let the the peace left my heart there for a minute. Uh, (laughs) Peace of God ruling your hearts as a body. Don't be a lone ranger. 1 Corinthians says this in chapter 14. Two or three prophets should speak. And then the others should weigh carefully what is said. King James says the others should judge. We don't want people judging. We don't want people weighing. God told me. God told me. (laughs) Well, you do that, you run a great risk of being a big old wacko. And getting off base. And missing God completely. The, the, the will of God in your life can stand some scrutiny from the church. We're part of a church. You're not Moses. You're not Elijah, the final prophet and all the other prophets have left. Are you hearing me? You don't, think, you don't need to think so highly of yourself. Take a chill pill. Step back a little bit. You're part of a body of Christ. A fellowship. We should be uh, trusting one another. If I don't have other people who can agree and sense what I'm sensing, I don't move forward. I don't go, oh, I think it was God. That's just arrogance. Now, if you think that we're so hard-hearted here that we don't hear from God, then you need to go find another fellowship where you can all get on one page. Stuff like that happens. Sometimes you will be with a bunch of people who, who never hear God. I don't think that's the case here, thank heavens. But even then, that still doesn't mean you should be a lone ranger. It means you should go find some place where you can be part of a church where they're all together. Now, if we're getting ready to take a boat trip and, and, and you come to me and you love swimming and stuff, you say, well, I don't know, I, I had a dream that we're all going to drown in this thing and Pastor Lathan calls up and says you know the strangest thing someone came up to me and said you know be, be careful about water because you might get hurt and, and so you know and then the bus that was going to take us to the boat trip breaks an axle I think it's God we don't get on the boat <laughs> right that's how you not just one lone ranger thing we got to stop the lone ranger there are no lone rangers there's no tantos okay in the body of Christ then finally we got the way We've got the spirit, and then most importantly, in closing, we have the word. Jesus said this, Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The Bible is the ultimate standard for the will of God. The Bible is the ultimate standard for how we live life. How we decide to move forward. What we choose to do. I don't, it is such a strong standard, it will superimpose and erase all other possible revelations. If you have all the circumstances in the world that contradict the word of God, those circumstances are wrong. If you have a vision, a dream, a revelation, an angel comes up to you dancing. I don't know why they would dance, but whatever. And tells you to do something and it's contrary to the will of God. It's wrong. I don't care. 
Are you hearing me? The Bible says thou shalt not commit adultery. I know brother but, but you, know, I, you know I just felt it was God because we connected and, 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 and we, we got together just kind of unexpectedly and, and then you know I was really struggling with this and, and then I had this dream and this angel came to me and said it's okay for you to have sex with this woman you shouldn't have. You know I just think it's God. You're an idiot. <laughs> I don't care. Dreams, revelations, earth shaking things, lighting on fire, winds blowing. If it's contrary to the word of God, it's a no. Are you hearing me? It is the ultimate standard. Well, I don't know. You know, I know the Bible says we shouldn't have sex before marriage, but we love each other and, you know, we're really committed anyway. No, it's wrong. Well, I don't think it's wrong. (laughs) I don't care what you think. I don't care what I think. Seriously, you need to relax. What goes on between the in the gray matter of my brain is of no interest to me. God's word is the final say. If you say, "Well, I I don't know, I don't agree," you know, you preach the Bible. People say, "Well, I don't know if I agree with that." I think, I think. Who cares what you think? I don't care what you think. I don't care what I think. I don't care what the neighbors think. I don't care what everybody in America thinks. I promise you, God is not taking polls. <laughs> thou, sh- thou shalt not kill. Thou, thou shalt not kill. I, I, that's been there a while, guys. Let, let's take a poll and see. Uh, is everybody still up with that? Let's see if we're... Well, no, about 85% of the people think it's okay to kill. Let's, let's change our standard. Hogwash. I don't care if everybody in the universe says no. If God says yes, it's a yes. Bottom line. And that's why you need to be familiar with the Bible so you can know where to go, how to live. The way, the spirit, and the word. And if they'll line up, you know you're on track. I'm a pilot. When you're flying an airplane at night in the clouds and in the rain and the dark, you want all the navigation aids to line up or you're going to have a very bad night. All right, you got to get stuff lining, get that all that stuff working together, lining up. Get advice, be part of this living body of Christ. We're all living stones. You're part of a family. Be part of the family. Get involved. Let people speak into your life. That's why true Christianity has got to be more than just coming to church on Sunday morning. And I love it when you come to church on Sunday morning. I hate preaching to nobody. It's very depressing. I like it, but it's more that if you truly want God moving in your life in an incredible way, you have got to be part of the family. You've got to connect. Learn how there's oh so many different things that we do around the church here about how to connect in all of this. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up. Some of them are coming already, and uh, uh, our ushers to get ready to serve communion. If you guys will just move right along there. Again, Psalm 143.10. Teach me. Teach me. God, give me a teachable spirit. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Jesus said this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Some people use that to be arrogant. Well, I don't have to listen to him. I know Jesus' voice. Hey, hey, hey. Jesus was speaking to the church. This is the church. We, he hears our voice. We should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit together. If you can, as, as a group of believers, we can all agree and, and, and work this thing through. That's how you find out if there's safety or not. 
if it's really the will of God. Seriously, some of you just need, if, if you question this at all, just go and read the book of Acts. Watch how many times divine, incredible things happened, and then they got together to discuss whether or not it was really God. And sometimes they would fight about it. Some thought it wasn't God. Because they were sensitive. You know, the church, Jesus put the church into place for the safety of this very purpose, so you can know. Let God direct your path. Watch for those circumstances. Trust him to open and close doors for you according to his will. Be sensitive to his spirit. Play the piano over there or throw something at you. It's the will of God. (laughs) I'm so mean. You got the meanest pastor in town. Let God direct your path. Trust him to open and close doors according to his will for you. Be sensitive to his spirit speaking into your life. But don't become arrogant. Or don't become a spiritual island all to yourself. You are part of a family of faith. And that family has the right to speak into your life. Even if you don't like what they say. And then finally, get familiar with the Bible. It will become that foundation for you to build your life upon. The Bible does you no good if you just hold it. It has no magical powers. If you sleep on a Bible every night, it doesn't do you any good. If you keep a Bible on your dashboard, it's not like an omen that scares away evil spirits or keep you out of car crashes. Are you hearing me? The only way it'll do you good is if you open it up and you actually read it. And you let those words come into your life. The life, the words of God. So you can get the mind of God. So you can start understanding and perceiving the will of God for your life.